X and O. The Iowa State men's basketball team looks to keep rolling tonight when they host Texas Tech. The 14th-ranked Cyclones have won six in a row. In Cedar Falls, Northern Iowa is home for Murray State tonight. Panthers have won three straight. Both teams are 4-2 and two in conference play. After Georgia's decisive win in the national championship game, one of the Bulldogs' top players announced he's leaving. His defensive lineman Jalen Carter will enter the NFL draft. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Two, welcome back. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News momentarily toward the bottom of the hour. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports will take a look at college basketballs. And now, at least for now, number one conference, the Big 12. We will talk to Matt Poston's. We'll recap TCU's uh, appearance in the national championship last night as well. But Vinny Iyer, Northwestern grad, three-time Jeopardy champion, writes for the Sporting News. He already got a mock draft up. Oh, he's got a bunch of them, but since the uh, since Sunday, the curtain came down on the regular season. He's already got another one up, and Vinny joins us. Vinny, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Vinny Iyer. How are you? I'm doing well. I was just uh, reacting to what you said, uh, TCU's appearance. Yes. That's all that happened, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I tried to sugarcoat it a little bit, and that's the best I could do. Uh, Vinny, I hope the NFL playoffs are better. I believe that they will be. It's certainly a fascinating uh, wild card weekend. What the NFL has done by carrying this over into Monday night, do you know, um, obviously, money's behind it, uh, and, and I think it's going to do very well ratings-wise. Why didn't this happen until this time, Vinny? Why did we wait so long for the uh, somebody in the uh, uh, New York offices or wherever these decisions are made to come out, you know what, maybe we should try and extend this a little bit. Did it have to do with the expanded playoffs, first and foremost? Well, I think it was just getting to the point of being comfortable with the big game feel of all the networks, and now you have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on ESPN, so they feel comfortable giving them that marquee game on Monday night and uh, splitting that pot a little bit more with NBC and CBS and Fox, so it's uh, just everyone trying to get a little bit of the NFL. We know what's coming next year with the YouTube, the TV, and Google yep. being uh, there for the Sunday tickets. So it's just more people getting involved and trying to get the NFL distributed. And everyone wants a piece of it because it's ratings of gold here. And then you have now Murphy matchup again on Monday night. And Monday night has not always been the best game on the slate. But this week, I definitely think it is. So. Maybe that was a part of the deal with the ESPN. You also get the Manny Cats for that. So a lot of things in play here. But, uh, yeah, this playoff run should be pretty exciting. I think it's wide open both conferences for the most part, with the exception of a couple teams. But I do like uh, this playoff just being a bit unpredictable and some surprises happening right away. What is the latest on the AFC championship game neutral site is that something that's going to be a wait and see to see the teams that are in there and then they'll announce where the destination is going to be? There's a lot of ones that were thrown out there from Miami to Vegas, Indianapolis, all over the yeah, place. The Indianapolis had to turn it down. They have a conflict. There there was a lot out there. What is the latest of anything or is this just kind of a holding pattern for the NFL? Yeah, I think they have to wait and see a little bit here with things and the availability and 
I'm joking. I'm probably half joking, but it'll probably end up being something like Bengals Chargers, and it'll be Cincinnati, and they won't have to deal with this at all, and the yeah. problems will just go away. So there's something that would be a total NFL thing to happen. So when you look at this, uh, yeah, they have to be careful here because the Chiefs are going to try to push it somewhere in their neighborhood. The Bills were kind of down with the MetLife Stadium potential, mm. but the Chiefs don't want to do that either because sure. it, it's going to facilitate fans from Western New York to come down. So they're going to have to decide something fast. But ultimately, I think Las Vegas makes a lot of sense because you already have this not the Pro Bowl, but the Pro Bowl games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe you just have to cancel the Pro Bowl games, too, and just have this uh, set up a week in advance of that in Las Vegas. So it might as well get people to go to the right place. Or the other alternative is play Mobile, Alabama, where a lot of people are going to be anyway. Uh, what, what are you hearing about Lamar Jackson as far as his availability for this week against Cincinnati on Sunday night? Yeah, I mean, it's all over the place, I think, with him and Tua. I mean, we're looking at both those quarterbacks waiting to find out more information. The Dolphins are playing close to the best with Tua. I think Lamar has a good chance of playing. I think they've been very careful with his return. With the injury he has, I think the window is kind of maybe possible right at it to be able to play. So we'll see how healthy he is. If not, at least Tyler Huntley will be in there. I don't know if that's inspires the Ravens all that much, but it gives them a better shot than Anthony Brown this past weekend. The biggest thing is they also rested J.K. Dobbins and Mark Andrews, so they're going to need help around the quarterback to win because it's going to be hard to beat Joe Burrow in there, <laughs> even though they lost last week and didn't kind of play the regulars. Going there and winning for real is going to be just as difficult. It's been incredible here in the state of Iowa watching the ascension of Brock Purdy. <laughs> Undefeated run, guy that we saw play a ton of football at the collegiate level and just watching what he continues to do week after week after week. He hasn't had that slip-up. He hasn't had that rough stretch where he throws a couple of picks and three possessions. Anything like that. It's the playoffs. It's going to be different, certainly. But what concerns you, if anything, short of experience, what does make you nervous when you watch Brock Purdy play quarterback for the Niners? Well, I think nothing worries me too much because I said this earlier in the season. It didn't matter if it's Trey Lance. It didn't matter if it's Jimmy Garoppolo. This 49ers offense is the least quarterback-dependent offense in the NFL. Mm. And I'm not taking away anything from Brock Purdy because you still have to go out there and execute and get the ball in people's hands accurately, and you have to do what you need to do. But the entire offensive line that good. When you have George Kittle as uh, your third option in the passing game behind Evo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, when you have Christian McCaffrey, well, you could say he's maybe a 3B with Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield as well. So you got all those weapons. You're going to get a running game. You're going to scheme people wide open in the middle of the field. All you have to do is stay calm and execute. Just don't try to do too much. And that's the biggest thing that a lot of young quarterbacks do. They're like running around. They're skittish. They're not sure what to do. They're forcing balls downfield. He doesn't need to do any of that. Things are happening. They're opening quickly. He just has to actually get the ball out of his hands quickly, know what the plays are, and who's schemed up open and who's going to break free. And I think you've seen that. But you have seen quite a few 49ers, especially Kittle, come on of late. I mean, he got to the double-digit touchdowns, which I didn't think was going to happen this season. But he kind of maybe had a second win with Brock Purdy. And I think I have a theory why this is an Iowa thing, yeah. or an inside Iowa thing for you guys, if you want to hear it. I really think that uh, George Kittle really liked Charlie Kolar coming out of the draft last year. 
So I think he watched a lot of Brock Purdy. Mm. They both went to Iowa State. And that's why you've seen such a harmonious Hawkeye cyclone connection that they probably didn't expect this season. Interesting. Uh, Vinny, of the games this weekend, the, the six wild card games this weekend, what what's games going to um, come right down to the end? It seems like the Giants and the Vikings, Vikings play so many close games. Might this one be a, you know, a last, uh, last score wins type of uh, situation? I think with the Vikings, if they want to avoid this situation that has been in every game this season, for the most part, they've had two blowout victories. One was just in Week 18 against the Shell of the Bears team in Week 1, way back in Week 1 against the Packers. Those were their only two blowout wins of the season there that were comfortable, even comfortable. They're all one-possession games and needing to come back and win. I think 11-0 in one-possession games. Can they continue that? I think they can, but the way to put this game out of reach is just see Justin Jefferson. They just get so inconsistent about throwing to him. You have a banged-up guy in secondary. Go after him. I think they're also a running game has been really consistent, and that's been a little bit of a surprise. But I thought Dalvin Cook was going to have a little bit more success in his power scheme than he's had. But just run down the Giants, set up the play action, get Kirk Cousins comfortable, play with that lead, and get your defense in a position where they're not trying to protect a three- or four-point lead late in the game. So just be aggressive. Go after it and go take it. Put the Giants in an uncomfortable situation because they're not – a team that is going to be fine just throwing the ball out. They just don't have the weapons right now. They want to be able to continue to run Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley in a close game. So blow them out. It'll help your defense. It'll help your offense. Get out of there quickly and get to that matchup in the divisional playoffs. You know, one of the most fun games for me this weekend, and there aren't a whole lot overall out of the six games, but that Chargers-Jaguars mm. game I think is intriguing. The young quarterback play, just different new kind of teams in there. I got a question for you though on Staley. After what happened week eighteen, with nothing yeah. to play for, Mike Williams gets Ugh. hurt in that game. If they lose, you know, we heard Sean Payton obviously looking around, Jim Harbaugh looking around. If they lose and lose maybe in dumb fashion once again because of a Staley decision, with the coaches that are out there right now, would the Chargers be willing to pull the plug, even after making the playoffs on Staley, especially if they think they have a good chance of getting a guy like Sean Payton? And oh boy, he goes there with a quarterback already made. Mm. That is a scary, scary th- thought for the rest of the AFC. Yeah, I don't know if they can do this, but this is what I would ideally do if I'm the Chargers. Keep Joe Lombardi, make Brandon Staley the defensive coordinator, and for Sean Payton. Yeah. Because then you're really great business here with Justin Herbert on board. Lombardi and Peyton already have a good working relationship, so that's great. They're tired of the in New Orleans. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with the defense. I think that we need to forget, or can't forget here, what Brandon Staley's done with his defense. Because J.C. Jackson was a prize acquisition. He was not very good early. He got benched, but he got hurt. Now, Joey Bosa's back. They were terrible against the run. And they're still not great, but they've lost a lot of defensive linemen. So I think they've held that defense together really well, and that's I think it's an underrated and a forgotten part about Brandon Staley's coaching. So that's one thing that is influencing them. If the Chargers are going to win the playoffs, it's going to be just as much about their defense. I'm not worried about their offense. They've got plenty. They're on just an over lost network, but that's going to be the key. Is Brandon Staley's defense going to come through and play really well, whether it's just against the Jaguars or against the Chiefs, and that may determine how long he stays. Now, that said, I do like the Chargers to potentially make a run here. I do, if they can get past this game. Now, I feel really bad this is a 
wild card games. I love both teams. I want to see one of them make yeah. a surprise run, but only one can. Uh, I think Sean Payton's going to Dallas when Tampa Bay knocks them off on Monday oh. night. So so we, we shall see. Where's Aaron Rodgers going, Vinny? I only got a couple of minutes left with you. It seems like, you know, him not wanting to give that jersey away after the game. I don't know. Maybe that's uh, too simplified. Uh, but sure seemed like it was the end, walking off Lambeau Field. Do you think it was? And if so, is it the, the legitimate end? Is it the end of his pro career? Or where do you think he resurfaces next year, if indeed he does? Really, I wish this was the end of us wondering about what yeah, uh, right. the But that is unfortunately not going to happen. I don't know where he's going to go on vacation to find himself this year. But you know, all those things are going on, and you'll probably have some cryptic conversation with Pat McAfee, and we won't know what's going to be going on. Everyone's going to be guessing, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I guarantee it. But when you look at Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the money was on the table, right? He wanted this extension. He did it to get more money. I can't imagine he walks away from this level of money for one more year. After this, then the Packers can cut ties. They can make the decision. The money is not tied in beyond 2023. So I don't think he plays one more season. If he doesn't play as well as he expects to, and he didn't play really all that well this season, then you might say, okay, I might not have any more. I don't feel it. But the Packers are not anywhere in contention for that 2023 year. And I think he's going to hang it up. But I think just based on how the contract went down and the package of him, I think he will play one more year to get that money, and then he might see him walk away. Because of the Houston Texans, let's stay in the NFC North. The mm. Chicago Bears do get the number one pick. Ryan Poles met with the media today, and uh, he said that they would have to be absolutely blown away to take a quarterback with the first selection. Ken and I have talked about that already a little bit this week and the possibility restarting the window with the new quarterback and the five-year rookie scale uh, that you have there. How deep a consideration do you believe that the Bears should make of trading Justin Fields and taking whatever quarterback they like at number one? Yeah, this is really tricky. I'm not sure what to think here. Like, I would not take a quarterback at number one if I'm the Bears. I mean, you have a special talent. What is just? What are you going to do with Justin Fields? Now, I think the 49ers have a legitimate conundrum because their pick is hurt from the same draft. But Justin Fields didn't show anything to say we're not believing him as a franchise quarterback. Keep in mind, his pass protection is not very good. The receivers were just empty at the end of the season, yep. so he still was very productive. So I, there's no way I want to pivot for Justin Fields. What I would want to do, however, is try to build up the stock, however we can do it, of either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud and do it big time as much as possible. So the Bears need to run with someone that they like, really sell that hard, make a team go up and get the quarterback. And that's the problem right now for wanting to trade down. They need multiple defensive pieces. We know that. That's the ideal situation for the Bears. Turn that into three or four picks, a couple first-rounders, maybe future consideration, some later-round picks. But to do that, they need to really make it feel like one of the quarterbacks is a little bit better. I think it does help that the Texans are behind them. They obviously need a quarterback. That might make a team jump up and make sure they get the quarterback. So, in essence, what they need is a reverse of their situation with what they did to go get Mitchell Trubisky at number two. They need someone to do that. <laughs> they did with the 49ers to make that deal happen. Of course, the 49ers kind of wasted that pick with Solomon Thomas, but the Bears would really like that scenario playing out for them as much as possible. 
to really stockpile some talent on that team. Great stuff, Vinny. Thought we'd be talking a little bit about Black Monday, but that uh, was a big nothing yesterday. Um, one of the uh, one of the quieter Black Mondays we've seen in the league in some time. I get that Hackett's already gone and there's already been some changes, uh, but um, I just thought there would be more. Maybe Sean McVay gets added to that list at some point. Looks like he certainly will. Vinny, thank you. We'll talk to you uh, before the Super Bowl, definitely, if your schedule allows. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Vinny, thank you. Yep, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Vinny Iyer. So we catch up uh, with our uh, Northwestern grad friend, three-time Jeopardy champion. Yes, he is. One of the smartest people that come on I think airwaves. that probably would he would uh, be the answer to that question. I don't think that's putting anybody down, is it? No, it's not. But you know what? How he refer- yeah, but I, I lost, too. <laughs> Everybody loses eventually. <laughs> eventually. Yeah, uh, anyways. We'll take a time out before we go to break. It's time for another $1,000 uh, slam dunk, go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, you can enter the keyword check. Check at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Check at KXNO.com. Matt Poston's on the Big 12. We come back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.com. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-8. Four days left. Now back to Middle and Condon. On 106.3 KXNO, here's Ken and Trent. All right, Trent's play of the day still to come. Circus Sports sponsors it. He's already warned us he's got 14, so sharpen your pencils. <laughs> Be ready to go. But you can always find them at Action Network. Yes, put all my picks up there. You can search. In fact, I changed my username. It was T Condon, right? And I just changed it to Trent Condon. I didn't know I could. So it makes it a little easier. Eat a little easier. Yeah, yeah. So Trent Condon is where you can find me. Follow along with all of my picks. As we gave three out yesterday at the end of the show, and they went three and zero. Oh. Coming off an amazing December too. Let's and this it. is free. This is free. Yeah. No, yeah. You don't have to sign up or anything. There is no tout service. There's no paying me. Call now for my great picks at ninety nine. No, none of that. We give away for free, and thanks to Circus Sponsor for Sports for Sponsor. Absolutely. We'll get to that at the end of the show. Right now, Matt Postens comes on to talk about the Big 12, a lot of basketball. Let's start with football. As always, Matt, thank you for joining us. Look, it was, uh, it was a disappointing loss, right? And TCU, that stings right now in their fan base. It sucks. I get it. But what a remarkable season. As we talked a couple of weeks ago. When uh, when you were on with us, as we, as we were thinking back to our conversations in May, June, and July, we really didn't have a good grasp of this team. Thought we had a you know an idea of how the other teams would be. <laughs> My present company, at least myself, <laughs> those ideas were wrong. Uh, but we none of us really had the uh, could put our arms around TCU and look what happened. Special year, uh, unfortunate ending, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, when you bring in a new head coach, you don't really you don't really know how things are going to go. Honestly, uh, especially when you're replacing a guy like Gary Patterson, who had been there 20 something years and had really set a standard there. And Sonny did, did, I think Sonny exceeded any expectations that I have for them in the first year. That was a special team. They did a lot of incredible things this season. Like you said, the ending just stunk. I mean, they did things when you play a team like Georgia that you can't do. You can't get behind and down in distance. You can't create turnovers for the other team. 
They played about as worse a game as you could have possibly imagined against a team that probably played the most flawless championship game you're ever going to see. I mean, yeah, TCU didn't play well, but you know we got to understand that Georgia didn't play well in the Peach Bowl, and they fixed everything they did wrong in the Peach Bowl and then some. You know, this is this was more about Georgia coming out and taking care of themselves and just you know pouring it on from the very beginning than it was TCU playing just a bad game. I mean. What Georgia did had a lot to do with that, but yeah, I mean, this this sets TCU up, I think, for the future. Uh, they've already got a, a solid transfer class coming in. They signed one of the better recruiting classes they've had in quite some time. Uh, they're bringing in some four star guys, even even I think a five star guy uh, potentially here in, during the normal period in February. So, you know, the future is bright for them. This is a springboard for them. It's a springboard for the conference too. Uh, they're not going to be the SEC. They're not going to be the Big Ten, but they can beat the third-best conference out there in college football, no question. You know, the perception is going to sting, and with the subtractions of Oklahoma and Texas going forward, it's going to be something that the Big 12 is going to have to deal with. Scheduling-wise in the non-conference, winning games, winning bowl games, and winning playoff games. I mean, ultimately, that's how you get back in the good graces of things. It didn't matter who was playing Georgia last night. They played as flawlessly as you can, Mm -hmm. but the perception's going to be out there what can be done though to combat that? I mean, there's just there's nothing that you can do short of winning on the field to get away from sixty-five to seven. Yeah, you have to do what South Dakota State did to North Dakota State on Sunday. You have to beat them in the championship game. And I don't think a lot of people were paying attention because they put that game in an awful time just slot. Terrible. But South Dakota State finally ended North Dakota State's dynasty after more than a decade in that championship game. Yes, they had lost a couple of times in semifinal games and not gotten to Frisco, but it had been a foregone conclusion for a decade. When North Dakota State gets to Frisco, they win, and they usually win big. South Dakota State finally put a stop to that on Sunday. That's the only way you do it. You know, The reason that the SEC is considered the best conference in college football is not because it's a 14-team conference. It's because Alabama and Georgia and LSU – when they get into this game, when they get into the championship game, they win, and they win big. That's that's the that's the chasm that any conference has to cross in order to bring the SEC down a peg. You know, that that's just the fact. You got to beat them on the field, and until somebody does that, they're the big dog. Indeed, they are. Well, the big dog in the Big Twelve, it's it's still Kansas. Texas is good, but one of the big stories, and yes, Iowa State is one of them. But K State was picked absolutely last, and, and what Tang is doing in his first year. Man, it just seems like, boy, just you're almost at the point, and it's already, the, what, the first week in January? Well, I hope they can find a way to keep this guy, because you know that somebody's going to be uh, reaching out. At least you would think, right? We don't know how the season's going to end, but what a start for K-State. And then your thoughts on Iowa State as well. How about those teams that were picked, I want to say, 8th and 10th, respectively, uh, in the preseason? Yeah, I mean, with K-State, it was easy to pick them last because they had two players coming back and a bunch of transfers, and Jerome Tang had never been a head coach before at the college level. And, you know, again, like with TCU, you just had no idea how it was going to go, honestly. So what he's done to me has exceeded my expectations. Uh, you know, to go on the road and beat Texas the way they did in, a, in an NBA game, basically, 116-103, to 103, yeah. and then to go to Baylor and beat them in overtime given all the emotion of that night with it being Jerome Tang's first game back at Baylor after being there for nearly 20 years as an assistant coach. I mean, they're, they're on a, they're on a roll right now. And if they can win the next two games, their game after that is against Kansas. And that Mm. makes the Sunflower State game a huge game 
especially if they're both still undefeated in Big 12 play. I fully expect them at this point to make the NCAA tournament, even if they have a downturn at the end of the season, like Iowa State did last year. But they, they bought themselves a lot of wiggle room with how they played in non-conference, going 11-1. and they brought, They're already off to a 3-0 and start. You know, if they get to 20 wins before they get to Kansas City, they're going to go to the NCAA tournament, just like Iowa State did last year. And, you know, as far as Iowa State goes, again, you know, they lose a lot in the portal. They lost Tyrese Hunter. That that was the big thing for me. It was like, okay, that he was supposed to be their number one guy this year. And they lost him. They bring in Jaron Holmes. He stabilizes their backcourt. Uh, you've got some guys that are making really good progress, like Tane and Lipsy. Uh, and what, what really, for Iowa State, it's about their defense. I mean, when you think about the fact how well they play defense, that's their identity. When they can keep a team, you know, in, in the 50s and low 60s, they're going to win most of their games. And they, you know, Gabe Kalsher, he needs to have more games like he had, you know, the, the previous weekend where he scored 30, and more games like that against TCU where he makes clutch baskets at the end. To me, he he can be the differentiator and the difference maker for this team offensively because he's always been one of those guys who's averaged 10 or 11 points a game every season, which is nice and consistent. But they need him to take his offensive game up a peg, and if he can do that, uh, that gives them something really interesting uh, going into the Big 12 tournament and going into the NCAA tournament. Texas Tech tonight for Iowa State. They're 0-3 in conference play. They got an injury, though, right? They've been banged up, yeah. yeah. And then they had the NIL thing, uh, being paid in, all kinds of things going on inside that program. Mark Adams, second year, waited a long time to get that top gig. Is the pressure on? I mean, it's crazy to think in just his second season and after what he did a year ago, three seed and a Sweet 16 appearance, but feels like there, there's a lot kind of going wrong with the Red Raiders this year. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's pressure on them. I mean, I, I would think they'd give them a little bit of rope, but you're right about them being banged up. I mean, Fardaz Amac still isn't ready to come back. Uh, Richard Isaacs is banged up. They hope he'll be back tonight. Um, for Daniel Batchka. Bacho, yeah, he yeah. Uh, had the dislocated finger. Uh, he may or may not be back. I mean, they're 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 down three guys right now. And that mm. doesn't help you in this conference one bit. But you know, I would hope they'd give them a little more rope. They're still playing really good defense. I mean, they they played Oklahoma tough on Saturday, but right now they're kind of at an offensive deficit because you can kind of double team Kevin O'Banner and kind of single team everybody else, and then you're daring guys like. Uh, Pop Isaacs and Devion Harmon to beat you, and they're capable of doing it, but they haven't strung it together enough consistent play to do it. When I saw them in the opener against TCU, they played a great first half. They played a sloppy second half, made 23 turnovers, which is very uncharacteristic for a Mark Adams team. You know they've got a they've got a string together two consistent halves uh, in order to win a game and, and get off that 0 and 3 tip. Uh, Texas is, um, I mean, obviously what went on with, uh, with Chris Beard. So talk about a fall from grace and all brought on by himself. Um, for him to lose his job, his, his assistant, what's the, is Terry's his last name, right? I want to say, uh, Rodney Terry. Rodney yeah. Terry. Thank you. Couldn't pull his first name. Uh, but this is still a pretty good basketball team. Carr is filling it up, filling it up. We know what Hunter can do. We saw him here in Ames. This is a really good basketball team. Um, uh, did did it knock them off course, or did it take? I mean, the shock of it all, not having their coach and, and losing their coach, is, is this the team that is is built to just overcome that and you know just uh, go on and take care of business because they're a pretty good team and I think a legitimate chance to you know go a long way in the NCAA tournament. Well, I think the good news is for them they they bounced back from that loss to Kansas State, beat Oklahoma State in a completely different type of ball game where they only gave up forty seven points to the Cowboys. So. 
I think they're going to continue to play defense well. Like you said, Carr and Hunter are a great one-two punch. Uh, they're deep. They're healthy. You know, Rodney Terry has head coaching experience. In fact, every assistant coach on that staff has head coaching experience. So it's not like they're they're suffering from a dearth of leadership. It's really about whether or not you can keep these guys together over the course of the season. Um, I think they have a lot of respect for Rodney Terry. I think they, they realize that the distraction of Chris Beard is gone. And I, I think they can remain in the top 25 and remain relevant as far as you know, getting to the NCAA tournament and potentially making a deep run because you know, if you have a, if you have two guys like Carr and Hunter that can take over a game the way they have at various times this year, that really puts you in a position where you can be very dangerous on the offensive end. Um, you know, Rodney Terry knows he's coaching potentially for the head coaching job. I think he's going to have to do better than Chris Beard did last year in getting them to the second round of the tournament. Uh, I think they're also going to have to shut out the noise. I mean, last night there's a report about Texas contacting John Calipari through back mm-hmm. So the, the noise is already starting. So Rodney Terry's job is twofold. Keep the noise away from the team and keep them pointed toward getting to the NCAA tournament in March. So this conference is elite. Once again, we're seeing a down year with a lot of conferences this year. The Big Ten just looks like a lot of mediocrity, maybe outside of Purdue. The SEC's got some top-tier teams, but the bottom of that conference is bad. Pac-12, ACC, both really down this year. Even some of those mid-majors were used to the A-10 getting three, four teams in. Mountain West might not be the case this year. There's going to be a lot of available slots to get to 68. Is there a path where we could see nine, dare I see even all ten teams find their way in how would that have to happen? What, 7-11 and 11 maybe for the last place team, and then they make a run to the semifinals, something like that? It's not a stretch, though, right now with the way this conference is put together, is it? No, it's not a stretch. I, I think it'll ultimately end up being 8, because the first thing you've got to have is you've got to have everybody being over 500 mm-hmm. in the conference overall. Uh, and right now, you know, Tech and West Virginia, those are the teams you're worried about because they're 0-3 right now. They need to get a win, and they need to get a win fast. Um, the net ratings are going to help all 10 teams because I don't see any of them falling out of the top 75 anytime soon. Uh, that means a, that means a win at home is usually a quad one or a quad two win. Also means a road win, like the win that Oklahoma got on Saturday against Tech is a quad one win. That helps you from that respect. Um, I think in order for all 10 teams to get in, first of all, they all have to be over 500. Second, I think, I think your first place team kind of has to have maybe five or six losses because like you said, seven eleven is kind of that, 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 that floor for the conference record. We've seen a couple of teams at seven and 11 get into the tournament recently out of this conference. So in order for that to happen, in order for a team like a West Virginia to go seven and 11, they're going to have to beat a few teams that they, they shouldn't beat. And that means that Kansas is going to have to absorb a few more losses than you think it might. And I just have a real hard time seeing Kansas lose five or six games in this conference right now. Not to say that they won't lose a game or two, but I have a hard time seeing them give up five or six losses in this conference, which would give teams like Oklahoma, West Virginia, Oklahoma State a shot at you know kind of racking up a couple of wins you might not expect them to get. And we're going to see uh, tomorrow either West Virginia or Baylor at 0-4 as those two teams uh, face off mm-hmm. tomorrow night. Unthinkable what we've seen out of both those teams at points this season. And we'll get you out on this. Of course, you also write about the Dallas Cowboys and the Cowboys getting ready for their playoff matchup. It's felt like, what, late October? Since we known that this game probably was going to happen with the Buccaneers and Cowboys. I heard Jerry Jones say, doesn't matter what happened. We got our coach for next year. Mm. 
Do you believe that they go in to lose to no. an eight and nine Bucks team that McCarthy's back? No. <laughs> if they lose on Monday, they're, he's done. Uh, teams can start talking to Sean Payton. I think next week, seventeen Broncos have already have yeah. already requested an opportunity to talk to him. I, I think if they lose on Monday night, Jerry Jones is on the phone with Sean Payton at twelve oh one a.m. Yep. on January seventeenth with a glass of Johnny Walker Black and just <laughs> saying, "Name your price." Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I'm sorry, I just don't see it. That would be three straight years making the playoffs and uh, not even getting to the divisional round. I just, you know, I, I'm, I think he's just posturing to show confidence for his head coach. But at the end of the day, if they lose to the Buccaneers on the road, nah, he's done. I agree with you. I totally agree. And it's Sean Payton because there's a bunch of teams that are kicking the tires on him. Uh, mm-hmm. And if Jerry Jones really does want him, you better grab him now because he's going to be uh, on an NFL sideline uh, when uh, yeah. we get to September. Matt, we're out of time. Great stuff. Appreciate it as always. HeartlandSports.com. I saw you've already got your uh, your your nine teams up. Your piece that you published this morning that are tournament bound as of today. It's going to be a fascinating conference all year long, and we'll be able to yep. uh, pick your brain. And um, we certainly appreciate our relationship. Thank you, Matt Postens. Hey, no problem, guys. Thank you. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports uh, as we check him on the Big 12. Trent has 14 plays. By the way, uh, congratulations, John Sears. Congratulations, Scott Dockerman, mm-hmm. as they are the Iowa sports writer and sports caster of the year. Good for both of them. Absolutely. That means Keith Murphy will win it again next year, right? I think he probably had to <laughs> decline. <laughs> and Because it's every year, right? It is. Is this going to be a little bit embarrassing? Can you not find somebody else? Give well, somebody and, else a chance. And pretty cool to see Doc win it, not associated with the newspaper. Yeah, I true. saw there was a ton of athletic writers that won those sports writer of the year in their mm-hmm. specific states. No surprise, they're doing great work at the athletic. No, they are, and and WHO just um, they just kill it over there. Yes, they do. Yeah, they really do. So well done, John Sears. Well done, Scott Dockerman. Doc will be back with us on Mondays on vacation this week. We'll take a time out. Trends plays of the day next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point KXNO. As we get ready for this week in the NFL playoff picture, it's locked, loaded, and ready. Ready to go with wild card round action, and you can find all of it at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, you new customers out there, time to hop aboard. Bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Well, we told you about these no-sweat bets before. They're back. All new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card weekend. That means Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. Uh, you can head to, uh, to DraftKings.com, place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you get a free bet back of up to $10. The action's so good, why would you bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code KXNO. New customers, bet just $5 on the NFL, get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KXNO. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only. Bonus issued as free bets. One free bet issued based on amount of initial losing NFL bet up to $10. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call what? It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, final segment on a Tuesday. Good morning, Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Speaking of final... 
Uh, KXNO Fantasy Camp tonight yeah. for the final time. Tyler Allen, Justin Miller. Who else is part of that? There's a couple other names. Yeah, bouncing around in there and uh, put a cap on the fantasy football season. I'll be doing my fantasy playoff competition that you've been involved in. The last oh, we're few doing years. that again. Good. My son asked me about that uh, when I talked to him on uh, last week. Yeah, going to be uh, sending out the email this afternoon. Good. Something I just came up with one day. I haven't seen it replicated anywhere else. We'll patent the damn thing then. I, I've I've tried, and uh, we, we've we've worked down those parameters before. It's pretty simple. You just pick. One player yeah. from each of the NFL teams that are in the playoffs, all 14 teams. Yep. You get, I think it's four quarterbacks, four running backs, wide receivers all the way through. And then you score just like normal fantasy. It's been fun. Uh, you've done pretty well, right? I did. I had a good year one year. My mm-hmm. son had uh, almost got there last year. Um, but it's a great contest. It yeah, really it's, is. It's, it's fun. fun. And it's 10 bucks. Exactly. Keeps you entertained throughout. And yeah, reach out to me if you'd like to get involved. Maybe we can hook well, you up. Well, don't have too many people. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to make it too big. But right. if, if there's a person out there, too, maybe we'll give a couple of entries in that contest. But yeah, fantasy playoffs are upon us. And then right after that, we'll join in progress tonight. High school basketball here Oh, where on are you? Going to be at Valley as it will be Waukee Northwest making their way to Cold Iron Fieldhouse. Get to see the matchup with the new school of Waukee. Really good on both fronts and uh, Coach Guess on the girls' side and what they've done on the boys' side already. Going to be fun against the Valley Tigers this evening. Well, so 7 o'clock we'll join in progress with the girls' side. Gotcha. About 8 o'clock with the boys' game. Uh, real quick, I know we got 14 plays. Uh, your game <laughs> up last to Friday. Now. Up to 15. Yeah. Uh, your, your game last Friday. Oh. oh, my God. Are they the best team in the state? Oh, they are, but... They lost to Northwest mm. when they played earlier this season. Yeah, true. Waukee, though, it was just one of those nights where everything was going their way and everything went the opposite way for Valley. Just Waukee was hitting shots right away. It was 19-3 to in a blink of an eye, and for all intents and purposes, mm. it was over. Where's Stinson Jr. going to school? Uh, ultimately, Iowa State, I would guess. I mean, he's ranked as a top 100 kid in his class. Yeah. He's still just a sophomore. Remember too, and he's different than than Curtis. He's bigger. He's like six foot four already. Mm. Got more of a shot already to his game. He's going to be really fun to watch. He was competing up there, tried to dunk on Omaha Blue yeah. late in the game, and uh, not, not well. <laughs> Went down, kind of hurt his wrist also on the play. But he was still competing as they were down. You know, fifteen twenty points. He was still out there working hard. Valley's going to be a lot better than they were on Friday night. I don't think there's any doubt. And get to see Northwest now tonight for the second time this season. So excited to see them. All right, so you'll take the right at 7 joined in progress, right? Yes, gotcha. right after they wrap up with Fantasy Camp, we'll join the girls game in action at 7. Alright, 15 plays. We added one more. We got Butler, plus the 4 tonight. South Carolina is getting 20 against Kentucky. I know the Gamecocks are terrible. It's awful, though. Yeah, they got issues going on there. In a pick'em, give me Michigan State against Sparty. Uh, excuse me, against uh, Bucky. That one will be in Wisconsin. I'm gonna lay the seven with Dayton. I like Oklahoma State plus five and a half at K State. I know Kansas State's been great here, but Oklahoma State's not bad themselves. Give me Western Michigan laying two and a half. Uh, that's right. Yeah, Western Michigan minus two and a half against Eastern. I like Texas Tech tonight. I just I, tough spot for Iowa State. There's a hungry Red Raider bunch, and I also love the under in that game. It's one twenty-eight and a half. Isn't this? First to 55 wins yeah, it. this is 55-52. That's how I see it as well. 128 and a half is the number at Circa. Give me UIC against the Bulldogs tonight, plus 11 and a half. Just something not quite right with Drake at this point in time. Oh, we got Oklahoma plus 10 and a half. The over in the Illinois-Nebraska game. Virginia laying four and a half at home against Carolina. When the schedule came out, Trent, that looked like appointment TV. And it still might be good. I 
I'd still need to see a lot more out of North Carolina, though they've been better since Nance has been injured. Have you noticed that? Mm. He's gone out, and they've been a better basketball team. Wrapping things up, we got Ole Miss plus the two and a half at home against Auburn, and that stinker Steve Alford will grab a nine and a half with him as his Wolf Pack make their way to San Diego State tonight. Uh, Drew Shipley wants in. So. Jumping aboard? Yeah, figured so. Um, that's going to do it for us. But you have only five minutes to wait for more local programming. Murph and Andy will be here. They'll take you from one until three. Heather and Sean drive you home. KXNO drive today from three until six. Fantasy camp and then high school baseball. It's a lot of local programming coming your way. Here on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.